What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs' 27-24 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And by virtue of 14 fourth-quarter points and virtually most of those points coming in times where it didn't seem like an actual comeback was realistic for Tampa Bay, you know, this game wasn't quite as close as that, and most of that was due to Patrick Mahomes. It's not surprising in a podcast about the Kansas City Chiefs that we want to lead with the main event, the main man, the best quarterback on the planet, the best NFL player on the planet, Patrick Mahomes. Now, I might be biased because I watched Patty in college and he went to my college, but still, he really does have the juice. He really does have everything you would want in a quarterback. And when he can move the way that he's moving, running the ball too. It's just really unfair for the rest of the league to have to deal with that. You know, he had two clutch conversions down the stretch with his legs. In addition to having either the best or second best or top three or whatever it is, arm it is because, man, he can just flip the ball and have it go 40, 50 yards. And what's crazy about today is that it could have been even bigger had he not missed Miko Hardman down the middle in that one play for an 89-yard touchdown. You know, this could have been an even crazier day for Patrick. But still, certainly between Patrick and Tyreek Hill, they had this game handled. You know, they got up 17 to nothing and, and really just kept Tampa Bay down the rest of the time. And certainly if you have Patrick, the way that the Kansas City Chiefs have gone all in on the passing game, you're excited about his prospects going forward. You're starting him in whatever league you have, obviously. And out of the two quarterbacks that you drafted so high, clearly he's been the one that's worth it with Lamar being out today and not producing in the same way as he has, despite I believe that being part of the offense's fault, not necessarily Lamar's fault. Now, Kansas City has Denver, Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta down the stretch. I don't see anything to make me feel like I'm not starting my super startable options for the Kansas City Chiefs down the stretch. I mean, Miami has been better. New Orleans has been better. But I don't see Patrick letting up on either one of them. And I bet that he's able to get his no doubt. So I'm not worried about Patrick Mahomes going down the stretch. Absolutely. Especially when they've embraced the pass-heavy role especially when they've kind of abandoned the run to a certain degree. Now they're still using it, but at the same time, they've just really gone all in on the pass. And it's beautiful to see. Patrick makes it work. He makes great decisions. He has the ability to run the ball when he needs to. And I'm just excited about his prospects just for the rest of his career. I think Kansas City get a good job of locking him in and trying to get some commitment from him and while giving him the money because he's absolutely worth it. This is the quarterback that you're always looking for. And it has to hurt Chicago Bears fans to realize that they missed out on him and Deshaun Watson. Now, what that means for the pass-catching options, certainly you're using Tyreek Hill if you have him. Certainly you're using Travis Kelsey if you have him. Obviously, Tyreek had the massive day. And while those touchdowns didn't seem extremely reproducible on a week-to-week basis, that's how fast Tyreek is when he's moving out there like the cheetah. He's, He's tough to guard, and certainly Patrick has been feeding him, and it's been working for the rest of the offense. And when People over lean and over cover Tyreek. 
Then they move to the rest of the options that have plenty of explosion with Kelsey, with Hardman, with Sammy Watkins being back in the lineup, all of those things, Demarcus Robinson even, all of those things kind of put everything together and make Patrick the quarterback he is because they do have great weapons in addition to having a coaching staff that is imaginative and does throw different wrinkles into the game plan. You can't underestimate that, that that's a big synergy that goes on with Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, that there is so much creativity going on with the game plan and with what they're willing to call. And I got to imagine Eric Bieniemy is in line for a coaching job. There's so many defunct situations. He's probably going to have his pick and good on him for having that because he's definitely shown a creativity, especially with Andy Reid over the top of him helping him out. So certainly I think that's going to be in the cards. And like I said, you're riding Patrick, you're riding Tyreek, you're riding Travis. I don't think that I'm probably going to go any further than that unless it's a deeper, deeper league. And maybe you're looking at Sammy Watkins back with a target share, but I don't think that's something I was counting on in the first place. So, So I don't think that there's a third option in the passing game that I'm excited about with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill taking up so much of the target share. So, And of course, Tyreek over the last three games have just been really dominating the target share. And that's what you want going into the fantasy playoffs. That's why you drafted Tyreek because he has the speed. And with Patrick having that laser rocket arm and the Chiefs embracing this pass-happy mode, that's a set recipe for success going down the line. And like I said, with the schedule, I don't see anything that scares me off of that. Now, there is a yin to the yang of embracing the pass-happy role for the Kansas City Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't really worked out like we thought he would. Now, we also thought that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to get more of the targets with the opt-out. And we didn't know that Le'Veon Bell was also going to jump on board. So there's certainly things we couldn't foresee. But I got to say, this is the reason that you have to bake in a little bit more skepticism for rookie running backs. You know, we don't know what the situation is going to be. And it's a lot of risk to take up front in a first-round draft because anybody that drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire has likely struggled because he is tantalizing from a talent standpoint and from the offense being so potent. But when they've abandoned the run to the point they have, I mean, 20 carries isn't abandoning it, but they're not giving Clyde Edwards-Alaire enough touches to really feel like he's an option I would want to count on. And when you spend a first-round pick on him, that's certainly a recipe for disaster. Now, there's been first-round rookie running backs that have produced Zeke, Saquon, etc., and Clyde Edwards-Alaire certainly felt like he might be in that role with this offense, but you had to know that there was risk involved. And uh, even Jonathan Taylor, for that extent, you know, he's underproduced for where he was drafted as well. You know, it could have been worse with Marlon Mack in there too. So you just have to be aware of that when you're drafting rookie running backs. But then again, some of them work out. So that's why you take that risk. And usually that is baked into their average draft price. And we'll have to see what kind of how the draft breaks out to see what kind of backs we're looking at next year. But definitely Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been a disappointment, and I don't see that stopping, especially with them using Le'Veon Bell to a certain extent too. So I'm not excited about any of it for the running backs, and I don't think that's a situation where outside of a flex maybe I'm starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire at all. So let's switch over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as I stated earlier, this game was not as close as the score made it feel. You know, Tom Brady struggled and looked like he was going to struggle for the rest of the day and then was able to convert the two touchdowns down towards the end. And, of course, there was no rushing touchdown. Ronald's touchdown was a passing touchdown as well. So that helped buoy Brady's value for today. 
And while I like him more than a lot of the pocket passers just because he has a lot of good options on the table, he certainly doesn't look like his old self. I think that's to be expected with his age. But I think people had a lot more expectations for him to really break out and have more value and have that old kind of Tom Brady feel. And there's been some days where it felt like that, but there's also been some clunkers in there, especially the one in New Orleans and then the one versus the Rams most recently. Now, there's a bye week to kind of get everything together and see how it goes. And then they've got Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. And Detroit has completely given up. Atlanta has been better on defense, but still isn't unbeatable. And then Minnesota has been up and down as well. I think this is the kind of schedule that Tom Brady can take advantage of down the stretch. Now, I can see how you can be a little wary after this performance, despite kind of putting up value towards the end of the game and saving his fantasy day. I still think you're a little nervous if you're starting Tom Brady as your quarterback. The thing is, the schedule does lend itself to a certain amount of creativity. And then when you have all the options for Tom Brady available, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, Ronald, Brait, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, I mean, the list goes on and on. We didn't even get to Scooter. I mean, come on. He's got the Scooter in there, too. There's plenty of options on this team. And I think if you've ridden Tom to this point and that's what you're stuck with, I think you might be okay because I have the feeling that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be able to take advantage of their playoff schedule down the stretch. And we'll just have to hope that Tom Brady keeps holding it together. And, and while it's still not peak Tom Brady and there are a couple of flutters when he throws the ball down the field, I still feel like he's got enough and I think he's going to come through. And I can tell you that he wants to win more than anybody else. He wants to take the credit. He wants to prove that it was him, not Bill Belichick. So that's something I'm going to bet on. I think I'd be way more excited about than Stafford. I think I'd be more excited about that than Matt Ryan. There's a bunch of the pocket passers that I think I would take Brady over. But a lot of that's because of the weapons and the offense. But I also think it's the schedule, too. So that's something I'm going to look forward to. But I don't think that Tom Brady was something I was actually counting on in the first place because I'm starting to get into quarterbacks that have that rushing floor and making sure that I have at least someone that has the ability to take advantage of that. Now, I mentioned that for Tom Brady, it's a great thing that they have so many options. But for those options themselves, it kind of spreads out the fantasy value to a point where it makes it hard to predict. Now, certainly there had been a couple of clunkers for Gronk this this year, and it was a clunker for everybody in Week 9 versus New Orleans. But I do like the usage for Gronk, and I think that that's something they need to continue to do. He, he has that size, and he has that ability to work it up the seam for this offense. And while traditionally they haven't used the tight end as much as you would like, I do think that Gronk is someone that I'm kind of looking at down the stretch. Like I said, the schedule isn't all that scary. And while Atlanta did a good job of covering up Darren Waller this week, I still think this is something to look at as far as Gronk at the tight end position. I know there's a lot of options here, and it certainly makes me shy away from Antonio Brown. And it doesn't make me as excited about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as I was to start the season. But we didn't know that the Tampa Bay defense was going to be as good as it has been despite getting run up by Tyreek today. And I guess we didn't realize how much those garbage time and how much Jameis pushing the ball down the field really meant to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's fantasy value. So while you drafted them where you drafted them, you're probably starting them as a wide receiver too. I just think I had higher hopes for this offense overall. 
And like I said, Mike Evans is great. He caught the two touchdowns. Chris Godwin made some good catches. I like Antonio Brown still. He still has juice, absolutely, and probably has made himself some money if he can just continue to keep on the straight and narrow. But I just don't know if I'm excited about all of them as I could have been when the season started because I thought Tom Brady might bring a little bit more, and I thought there was still going to be the same volume but it's not the same volume because of the way that the offense and the defense are playing together and because of the way that they're able to run the ball typically. Now, it wasn't as good today. Ronald saved his fantasy value with a nice touchdown catch. I still think he's the most explosive back for them, but they still insist on using Leonard Fournette as well. I guess Leonard probably has something too and at least has made himself a little bit of money in that he's probably going to get a complimentary role, you know, be the big back to somebody's small back, maybe like a DeAndre Swift and Leonard type situation would be interesting for Detroit. We'll see what they come out with contract wise for Leonard. And I do think that he has equated himself well from what I expected, but I still think this is Ronald's backfield. Bruce Arians came out and said that Ronald needs about 20 touches and that he hasn't been feeding him correctly. And I have to agree, Ronald runs so hard. He's gained strength. He runs with power. He's got confidence. You just need to continue to use him. And I hope that they can they actually do come through with what Bruce Arians is saying because I think that could be a big boon for him going down the stretch and really give fantasy owners something to look forward to as far as him trying to buoy your flex. Hopefully that's where you've got Ronald because it is a little more up and down with the way Tampa Bay's been up and down. And there are a lot of options to feed on the offense, but I think Ronald is the most potent from the running aspect. And I got to think that Tampa Bay knows it. I mean, they came out and said that they wanted to get any more touches. So I'm hoping they come through with that and we'll see what they come out with from the bye week. That does make it a little harder to trust. Hopefully you get week 14 to see them come out so you can have a little confidence going into the semi in the final round. Well, that's what I've got today. Like, listen, subscribe. And of course, if you've gotten to this point, haven't done so, download the podcast. If you subscribe, it should download for you if you're listening. But the downloads are the most important thing. So support your boy. Let me know you're here. Let me know that I'm helping you out. And we'll keep going to try and win your leagues because we're getting towards crunch time. And this is the most important time to have confidence, to be able to try and predict who to start. And I'm going to help you out with that going forward. So download the podcast, download them all, delete them. It doesn't matter. Just download the podcast and have a great rest of your day.